Broadcasting live from Swifties on Genesee Street, this is Comets Insider with Rain and Scoop on ESPN Radio Utica, Rome. Comets Insider, ESPN Utica, Rome, live from Swifties on Genesee Street, courtesy of, well, Slocum Dixon Medical Group and Bud Light. Dilly dilly. Dilly dilly. We have to say the tagline. We have to say dilly dilly. I don't know if there's been a lot of dilly dilly out there for a while. Those commercials all during the Super Bowl. And, of course, we bring it into hockey. So Scoop's here. Ben Burnell from the Observer Dispatch is here. My name is Rain. And Griffin Molino is here from the Utica Comets. Welcome. Hey, thanks for having me, guys. He doesn't live that far away. I won't divulge his address, but we didn't have to drag him out too far on a Monday night. Is it off day for you guys? I have to assume with everything going on, you guys need a break. Yeah, yeah. It's been uh, kind of crazy the past couple of weeks, so they gave us a day off. 7-11. and 11. Is it tire the guys out? There's been... We're in a three-game losing streak, obviously. There's ups and downs during the season, I, I think. You know, level heads will prevail, and, and everybody realizes that you're going to have a few games. Thatcher had a tough game, probably his, one of his worst of the year. I think he would admit that, and it's probably pissed him off. Guys' legs are tired. Guys need a break. Guys, it's mental focus. It's just a lot of games in a short time. Yeah, for sure. It's a long season, and, um, you know, I think we went on like a 16-game heater where we didn't lose in regulation, so that's right. obviously, it, it like you said, it levels itself out throughout the course of a season. Dropping three games in a row isn't any fun, but, um, you know, I think that we'll come out on the other side realizing that, um, you know, the next game's this weekend, and we just got to get back to work. You want to set them up with all these moves today, Scoop? The NHL trade deadline obviously affects the AHL, and it has. So well, we want to start going through that and see if we just see what before, we got to say. Just less than an hour ago, we got the word that uh, Jason Taylor has been released from his PTO. Of course, the, you know the trade deadline going on. There's a lot of up and down stuff. Philip Holm got traded today from the Vancouver Canucks. Uh, for Brendan Leipzig from the Vegas Golden Knights. Yeah, that's a that's a great situation uh, to go to. Let's not let's not lie. The Canucks acquired forwards Tyler Mott and UC Jokinen from Columbus in exchange for Thomas Vanek. So, uh, and that's kind of the Canucks uh, corner of it. It's all over the league, you know. Were you surprised Archie didn't get papered back down or with waivers you kind of expected it? And then obviously Goldie and who else was it? Amat also got Teller Mott got papered down here too for the playoff run. Uh, You know, it's I don't think it's that much of a surprise to me. I mean, the guy, he works hard all the time and he's obviously respected by everyone in Utica and respected by everyone in Vancouver. So, I mean, he's he's working hard. He's doing fantastic right now with the big club. So good for him. You guys got a solid team in the locker room anyways. You guys are ready to go, I'm telling you. Yeah, yeah, for sure. There's, I mean, obviously Arch is a big veteran presence, but um, with that being said, there's a handful of other guys that have been here and and um, are ready to lead this team down the stretch. Obviously the uh, the trade deadline, you never kind of know what to expect, but was the uh, the trade involving Phil, Philip Holm kind of a surprise for you today? Um, you know, coming down to the trade deadline is always kind of an exciting year. This being my first year is kind of the first time it's ever, like, personally affected me and you know I've played with Phil for this whole season and he's a good dude and I wish him nothing but the best so obviously knowing that Vancouver is probably going to make some moves it was um it was uh, just a matter of time before I think someone uh got dealt so you know it sucks to lose a friend but you know all the best in the future you're a Detroit area guy and I would love for you to talk about it. I lived there for a while and one of the things that I thought was cool about it was all the rinks and there's just hockey everywhere. They call it Hockey Town USA. 
and it really is that because there's so many youth programs. You're part of that. Uh, you played in that Little Caesars youth program. You came out of that. Talk about uh, growing up in the Detroit metropolitan area. You're from Trenton, right? And right. and coming up playing youth hockey in Detroit where it really is it's a massive thing it's a huge thing and I don't think a lot of people really understand that outside of the area yeah yeah it's a gigantic operation there like you said there's rinks almost every town has a rink um, with their own minor program and like you said I played for Little Caesars but there's a handful of AAA organizations and travel organizations and it's really incredible it's it's uh, like you said it's totally like interconnected and the hockey community is super tight like you almost have you know less than three degrees of separation until someone's played with someone and you know you've traveled all over the state so it's a pretty cool uh place to grow up for sure did you cross paths with uh dylan larkin by any chance when you were growing up yeah yeah for sure i actually played with his older brother colin on little caesars first season um so i knew dylan when he was younger and um i played against reed boucher when i was you know i played with the 93 group with little caesars so you know, we grew up playing against each other, and it's just a small, like a real small community. I think you're going to see more and more uh, players in the NHL that have come out of Detroit because the, the youth hockey is just such a massive thing there. It's huge around here. This is It's weird. You, you hear that. You grow up around here, you follow youth hockey. Clinton, Whitesboro, New Hartford, teams like that, real big, state champions, guys that have gone on, you know, gone pro from this area. It's huge around here. And you always hear that about, especially the Upper Peninsula in Michigan, and that it's a hockey hophead. Yeah, for sure. It's like, almost like Ontario. So it's like yeah. right yeah. there, that's really all yeah. they do. Like there's like obviously a handful of guys who have come from that small, you know, concentrated area of hockey players. We're talking a little bit off the air. Uh, Tyler Mott just uh, was acquired by Vancouver, and he's from Michigan, too. Uh, I know you said off the air that uh, you have some friends that played against him. What do you kind of know about him? Yeah, yeah, I actually played against him, I think, one season. He's a really good – he's a phenomenal hockey player, obviously, just a pure goal scorer. I know he he absolutely ripped it up at Michigan. I had a few friends that played on that team with him and um, played against them that year in the NCAA tournament. And, you know, obviously he's had some success in Chicago and Columbus. And and I think that um, the way that this Vancouver team is trending, he's going to be a good fit for sure. He's a gritty player, too, from what I've read, too. Kind of sticks up for his teammates and stuff like that, too. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I think that... um, you know, you you kind of know what you're getting in him. Um, tough player to play against. Puts a puck in the net. Pretty consistent. Um, so it's definitely, it looks like a good ac- um, acquisition. This Griffin Molino's voice that you're hearing right here. Left wing number 13 on the Utica Comets. This is Comets Insider. We're live at Swifties with ESPN Utica. Roman Rain Scoop is here. And Ben Burnell with the Observer Dispatch also joining us tonight. We're getting to know Griffin Molino a little bit. The key to your game. I read when you were in, hold on, let me make sure I got it right. Uh pronounce it for me Pen- Penticton 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 I yeah. always screw that up <laughs> that is basically where the young stars in the Vancouver Canucks they get together and they have a young stars tournament and Brock Besser Ollie and Thatcher were I guess the big three last year and then they, they, they even called you the forgotten prospect they wrote an article about you I don't know if you ever saw it and you might have heard that you're number four and you came in there with that speed game going I am the guy that can do this with my speed and play my game and don't forget about me and I'm going to earn my spot. 
What do you feel about that? Yeah, for sure. I mean, those three guys that you mentioned are all great, phenomenal hockey players. Brock, Brock's having an incredible season. Um, he's one of my good buddies, so I love that. Thatcher's one of my good buddies, too, and, and obviously spending some time with Ole over the summer yeah. is cool. But, you know, I, I, don't really, I don't really see myself as forgotten necessarily, but those guys are, like, extremely prolific. So, uh, you know, but like that article says, I just try to play my game and do my thing and try to help the team in whatever way I can. Obviously, speed being my main asset and what kind of makes me stick out. You motivated. You motivated when you see stuff like that, though. You want to call this the guy that wrote this out? Be like, screw you! But you could say it, man. We won't tell anybody. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, you know, in in this line of work, there's gonna like not everyone's gonna be on your side, and yeah, of course. And, and it makes things seem a little different than they actually are. But obviously, yeah, there's there's um. You know, you always want to prove people wrong, or, or not necessarily prove people wrong, but prove yourself right, in, uh, especially when you see stuff like that. Ryan Johnson has great things to say about you, though. He says your speed is a game changer. That's the Utica Comets general manager, for those that don't know. So, you know, a writer writes that, but then a guy that played in the NHL and is a general manager of this team recognizes the strength of your game. So when you miss 20 games... Speed was missing from the Utica Comets. That must have been frustrating. Uh, yeah, I mean, the games that I missed, our team was playing really, really well. So, um, you know, obviously they they weren't uh, they weren't hurting that much from my lack of speed. But obviously, Ryan Johnson is someone that I have an, an immense amount of respect for. So, you know, to, for him to say those things about me and you know, um, kind of internalize that and realize that that's how I'm going to help this team is pretty cool. Griffin, do they give you media classes? When when you get to the NHL, when you came right out of college and jumped in for five games last year, or are you just deferential by nature and very much a, an unbelievable teammate because you have deflected <laughs> to your teammates? And no, I'm saying that's a good thing. That's a great thing. That's, that's what a my, team guy does. That's what a team guy does. It's 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 totally a compliment. In what I'm saying to you. Uh, I don't know. I don't think I've ever taken any classes. They give you some pointers and okay. stuff because obviously you know you're not. Yeah, up to speed with sure. the amount um, coming from junior in college, but yeah, it's um, you know it's definitely a transition coming from that like lower end kind of hockey into pros. It's but it's cool. You've you've, you've done a great job though. I mean, you might as well teach a class at this point, school. What do you think the the team, the Comets, need to do that they haven't done over the last three games that they've lost? Where have you gone wrong? What are you working on? What do you need to do to right the ship? You know, I think we just need to get back to basics. When we were playing our best, I think we were, like, hemming teams in their own end and, and getting pucks behind their D. We're so fast, and we can, like, really – we can take over games in a short amount of time, as we've done, like, so many times this season. So I think once we just get back to playing harder and playing, like, more like our style hockey, it's going to be tough for teams to compete like it was for 16 games. Not to mention a lot of those games were come from behind victories – and just staying pesky and staying on teams and coming on late in games are all things that, that this team excels at. Well, one of the things I've mentioned to Rain is that, you know, during that 16-game point streak, it's also easier to overlook maybe the slow first period or something. And then when you lose three games in a row, it, everything is a, is a glaring miscue. You know? Yeah, yeah, it's, it's true. It's different. It's true. When you're winning, you know, like you said, people tend to overlook the mistakes. But when you drop three in a row, they become glaringly obvious. So it's, you know, it's nice to kind of sit back and, and see where we need to go from here. But like I said earlier, it's, you know, with 20 or so games left in the season, it's a good time to be like, okay, here we go. Now we're going to go for this final push and put an end to this. It seems like Trent uh, said after Saturday's game, 
you know, these guys have given everything. It's just when you're playing 7-11 and 11 and you're playing against teams that, you know, might be a little bit more fresh, that could be kind of an aspect of it, too. Just seems like things, you know, when you're playing so much, things, you know, kind of snowball maybe when you're, you're tired and everything like that. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, there's no doubt at this point in the season playing that many games and that many nights is difficult, but... And obviously some teams are going to be more fresh than others, but I think everyone's kind of going through the same thing. And so you can't really write that off as an excuse per se. It's just um, finding a way to kind of push through those adversities and things like that because, um, you know, at the end of the game, it's still points on the the line. So you were undrafted, right out of Western Michigan, right to the Canucks, pretty similar in timing to Mr. Besser. That's a strange way to enter the NHL. Not everybody does that. It's it's relatively rare. That that had to have been. And you, the article we talked about a couple minutes ago, it had a few of your quotes in that. But I'd rather hear it from you directly. The first thing you noticed is there wasn't much transition at all. I mean, you went from college to pro to NHL. The the biggest difference is size, speed. And what else? Yeah, well, like you said, size, speed, and just the ability to make plays. I think uh, I came from a really good college program with a with a great head coach that was who did a good job of preparing. There was a few guys I think that signed off that team last year that were well prepared to uh, to take that next step. And and um, you know, like I said, the speed and stuff like that is just something that you kind of have to adjust to. But um, you know, I felt prepared. What did you do specifically to get so fast? Because you're 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 noted for your speed. Is it was it extra time skating, specific drills? In other words, the reason I ask Gary Heenan, for example, the coach of Utica College Hockey that shares the Adirondack Bank Center with you guys, he has skating camps uh, specifically directed at that north south speed, that break and, and there speed. Are, you know, some guys are born with it, but yeah. there are other guys like Darren Archibald who is obviously. Uh, become a better skater the longer he's been with the Comets and now he's a Canuck. Yeah, he's he's literally worked on his skating to become better at it. Were you one of those guys born with you always fast or did it just... I was always fast. Yeah. You know, when when you're younger, you do high... Like, everyone does hockey camps, especially like you're talking about in Detroit. But just like little things here and there, I don't think I ever specifically worked on my skating. It was just always a staple of my game. And there was a certain point where I was like, okay, if I'm going to make it, I have to... You like utilize it every single time I play, like every single shift, every time I touch the puck. So once it becomes your, once it became my focus, I think from there it just kind of took off. When did you notice it? Like what age were you when you went? I'm a little bit faster than everybody else. I I was always really fast. I've but never th- been that guy. That's why I ask. <laughs> I think it was probably when I was like 15 or 16 when I realized like. If I'm going to be successful, I have to use it game in and game out. Yeah, Ryan Johnson went on to say that you've got that speed in that north-south game. You've got that figured out. You're dialed in. You're focused on the ice. But it was learning about the small area skills was, was probably one of the things you'd notice a big difference going from college to pro. Are there any of those that have stuck out to you? Yeah, for sure. For sure. I think... Um, you know, like I said, using that speed every shift is something that I need to do. But, but focusing on those little area details, and and we've got we have an amazing skill coach that we work with all the time, um, and like just doing small like puck skills or area games or protecting the puck or just like little details like that that the best NHL players are good at. That's going to take you know players like myself and and the other guys that are trying to make it to the NHL 
that's going to push us to the next level and make us even more successful. Comments Insider on ESPN Ro- and ESPN Utica Rome, excuse me, is brought to you by Bud Light Dilly Dilly and the Slocum Dixon Medical Group. We'll be right back to Swifties with Griffin Molino of the Comets, Ben Burnell, Scoop, and I'm Rain. Uh, Scoop will lead us back. we got a few more questions for you, so stick around. This is Comets Insider with Rain and Scoop, broadcasting live from Swifties on Genesee Street on ESPN Radio Utica Rome. Here it on the ESPN UR app, ESPNUR.com, AM 1310, 1350, 1230. Ben Burnell of the Observer Dispatch is here with us. Rain, of course, I'm Scoop, and Griffin Molino of your Utica Comets. And Griffin, you mentioned that uh, you're friends with Brock Besser. Have you spoken to him at all over the course of the season, or is he too busy? Do you ever, like, just call each other up or text one another? Or, hey, how you doing? Or, man, these guys are beating the hell out of me tonight in Vancouver. Or, uh here and there like his birthday was the other day I sent him a snap and just a few other times in the season just let him know like I mean obviously he's having an unbelievable year I'm sure he's getting texts and calls like crazy from people that he doesn't know or doesn't really care about so I figured I'd keep it light and just say hey what's up or congratulations there you go we got it chief engineer was giving us a little sign over there so what's your dog's name Paul I love your dog. I stopped Griffin one day. I stopped Griffin one day. I, I saw him walking the dog, and I'm like, can I take a picture of the dog? He's got a great Dane. Is the Dane, is he taller than you when he's up on his hind legs? 100%. He's, he's bigger than me. got a foot on me. I was going to say, he's got to be 6'6", six, six at yeah, least. His shoulders, or his hands go on my shoulders, his paws. Where does where does he go? Does your girlfriend live with you? Or I would say, what do you do with him when you're on the road? Yeah, yeah, my fiance lives here. Okay. All right. So, and some of the other guys have have pups too. What if they don't have somebody with them? Where they guys? Is there a boarding place for? I assume you're not the only one with a dog or a pet. That's no. got to be a major concern when you come to a new city and you bring your pet with you. Yeah, uh, I th- it always works itself out. Whether you know someone looks after them that's injured or you know it's, people have friends here or girlfriends, wives, stuff like that. That's a great Dane though. That's a big dog. <laughs> so you've had you a. It's not easily ignored. You know, I mean, I've had Great Danes before, and you take them to the vet, sometimes they can't get them on the scale. They're so big. They kind of guess at how much they weigh. Yeah. Have you ever had had a situation where you had to have a puppy sitter? Yeah. Yeah. For your dog? Oh, yeah, for sure. When I'm out of town and my fiance's out of town, yeah, for sure. Do you worry about them? Uh, no, it's never really more than, like, one or two nights. Okay. And he's a great dog, so I don't really worry about him. But I know that he's sad that we're not there. Yeah, for you, sure. You leave the TV on for him, <laughs> light in the house, or anything like that? We Dude, the preparations we make at my house when we leave the dogs behind to go to, like, the grocery store. It's ridiculous. <laughs> he's got to be on the road sometimes for a few games. I'm most interested in uh, how you came up with the name Paul for... He was born on the 4th of July, so his whole litter was named, like, George Washington, Ben <laughs> nice. Franklin. He's Paul Revere. That's awesome. Yeah, so we, we went there to see him the first the, when we bought him, and we're, like, thinking about changing it. But it just kind of stuck. It, like, we, we were calling him Paul the whole day, so we were like, you know what? Let's just keep it. you got to play him the Beastie Boys song, Paul Revere. It's like his <laughs> entrance music. Every time you open the door at the apartment to take him out, it's got to start playing that music. That's fantastic. He's a beautiful dog. Thank you. I yeah. didn't realize. I, I saw the dog before I saw Griffin, and I'm like, and obviously I knew who you were from, you know, playing the comments and covering the team, but I was telling him off the air. I'm like, 
oh, what a beautiful dog. Oh, hey. I was like, it's, hey, it's Griffin from the comments. All right. Well, your dog's out. Take a picture. And then I took the picture, and I meant to get in it, but I kind of focused on the dog, and I chopped you off at about the shoulders, so I never saw your face in it. So do you like Utica so far? Yeah, I do. As a city, just being in the community, what do you like? I know Scoop's probably going to get you with the chicken riggies. we, we <laughs> well, got to ask the I, question. I, I kind of wanted to ask because Detroit, that, that whole area is such a hockey hotbed, and it's a huge city, obviously. But this is a hockey hotbed as well, and I was just curious how it compared for you. I mean, obviously, the, the fans are fanatic. You, you know, you got a, a 4,000-seat arena. Um, fans aren't that crazy all across the AHL like they are here. You know, and, and Detroit hockey fans are rabid, you know, and you grew up with all of that. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, um, this being my first year in the league, I've only been to, I don't know, a handful of other um, rinks around the league, and you, far and away we have the best fans. Um, so it makes it an unbelievable atmosphere to play in. Um, coming from Detroit, you know, when we, I always went to Joe to watch the Wings, and like you said, the fans are nuts. So it's it's cool to play in an atmosphere that kind of mimics where I grew up. Have it's you been able to go to a Stanley Cup Finals game or any of that when you no, were growing no. up? I was too young when they won those back-to-back cups. Um, but I think watching on with Carolina, I went to the parade. I went to okay. the parade. Yeah, <laughs> the parade is. I've been to a couple of those yeah. parades. They're very, very fun. Yeah, they are. So first NHL game. You did this. You did the solo skate. Uh huh. How nervous? Or did it, did it blur? Most people say it just yeah, blurs. It kind of did. It, it was. Um, it was like a lot in a couple days. So like after my season ended at Western Michigan, had like an incredible amount of I spent hours on the phone with my agent and my family um, you know made my decision to side with Vancouver and then I was on a plane the next morning so I kind of had to get my life together and there was a lot of stuff going on and then they're like okay well you're gonna skate and you're gonna play so just get ready and prepare yourself and and it was kind of just like another hockey game for me because I was like still in that swing of playing and I just wanted to perform well um, Obviously, it was a ton of fun and, and an experience I'll never forget. But like you said, it does kind of blur. I, I can't imagine. I can't imagine. So, do you do you remember your first shift at all, or is it like blackout blur? Like, do you know what I mean? Because and maybe that second game, it's all in there. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, I remember bits and pieces. I played in five games. I played. Um, God, I don't know. I don't think I played any more than ten minutes a night. But it was. Um, you know, it was fun, and and I remember bits from every game, and you know, those are those are games that I'm you know trying to get back to. Did you have an awe moment against an opponent? I lined up next to Shane Doan once and Jerome McGinley my first game, and I was like, I can't believe that I'm you know facing off against Jerome McGinley. Like these are guys that are that have played for. You probably have hockey cards from these. Yeah, guys, you know? yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure, just like unbelievable hockey players but you kind of don't you know obviously didn't have time to be like oh my god like i gotta play and i gotta out i gotta out muscle these guys right now so you gotta get over that really fast yeah, were there sure. were there other offers griffin besides vancouver yeah so who were some of the can you divulge that is that something you got to keep to yourself I, I don't know what the legalities are i don't really know i know but there were there were a handful of other opportunities that i had um talk and, to your agent kind of a thing yeah and the year before um for sure what made you decide Vancouver then? I, you know, throughout all the the whole process, I I really liked um, the way things were going with Vancouver and the way that like their team is coming back for this resurgence. 
Um, they know, like, obviously they know that they've got to make some changes and, and get on this train. And, and I just li- I like the development process. I liked um, the coaches, and I liked the, how they focus on certain skills in, a, in a, such a storied franchise. Yeah. Um, you know, an unbelievable location in Vancouver is an amazing city. Just everything that came with it felt right, and um, it didn't feel like that with every option that I had. Yeah, absolutely makes sense. Kind of mentioned the coaches, and obviously uh, Trent Cole came on after you signed, but how do you like playing for him and, and Gary Agnew and, and Jason King? I have a ton of respect for our coaching staff. I think that they're doing an unbelievable job. I know that, um, you know, already in the time that I've spent in Utica, I've already, you know, gotten a lot better as a hockey player and and learned a lot about being a professional in my first year. And and I'm, you know, I'm excited and I try to take something from them every day because they've got a, between them, they've got an unbelievable amount of experience. So that's um, something that I try to uh, divulge. Guys that you admired growing up as a hockey player, as a kid, you know, when you're a fan. And then some guys that you admire now, like you watch and you say, wow, maybe maybe I could use that. I saw him do that. Look, look what he did there, you know. But who are some of those guys? God, there's so many good hockey players in the league today. It's so hard to say. When I was growing up, it was like Datsuk Zetterberg era. Kind of tail end of like Iserman Fedorov era. And those guys, that team was amazing. So... What a cool time for me to live in and experience that. But Datsuk and Zetterberg did, like, I feel like they changed the game in so many ways. Um, in today's game, God, I don't know. It's so tough to say because there's, like, there's a couple on every single team. I mean, you look at the way Matthews has changed the game, just, how, like, how he changes direction when he shoots the puck, just the little details in his game. McDavid, how he moves his, how he moves his feet and utilizes that every shift. There's just so many good young players that are continuing to like push the pace on how good someone can be. I love that you're seeing Austin Matthews, for example, is from Arizona. You're seeing kids from Florida. You're seeing Thatcher's from San Diego. And we've talked about this before. Man, that trade with Wayne Gretzky to the Los Angeles Kings to bring the game and expand it south into the southern part of the United States, it's unbelievable how that exposure has basically made these kids that never saw it before suddenly get into it, and now you're seeing great talent from non-traditional hockey hopheads. You would never think that in a million years, but it's kind of an amazing thing. It's grown the game. Yeah, yeah, for sure. For sure. I mean, I've got friends from California, and like you said, um, Matthews is from Scottsdale, so I never would have imagined to see players from Arizona having the impact that they're having uh, on the game, and and it's awesome to see... um, it expanded into those parts of the country. It's an amazing game, and I'm happy that everyone can play it. Have your mom and dad been here yet? Yeah, they have. They have? Yeah. They like Utica? Did they ever think, did they ever think they'd be in Utica, New York? <laughs> I don't think they ever thought that, but um, <laughs> we're from a small town myself, so we're not really... Uh, I don't think they're too, they're too picky about where I ended up playing. They're just excited to come watch me play. Well, we're excited that we had a half an hour or so to chat with you. and really appreciate you coming over tonight. Uh, what are you going to do? What does Griffin Molino do for fun? What is he going to spend the rest of an off day during the hockey season? Video games with the guys? I mean, do you do that? Um, no, I don't play video games. Right. I don't. I find other ways to occupy my time. That's the last two guys we've had over here, but I think everybody <laughs> yeah. else has. You're yeah. one of the rare ones. Who uh, was the other one? Uh, Adam Comrie. Oh, yeah. He says he doesn't either, but yeah. everybody else does because I know Thatcher reels guys in. We know he's big on it. So, All yeah. right. That's Griffin Molino. This is 
Comets Insider. We're very happy to have him here tonight. And, of course, we'll get the podcast up in a few minutes if you just join us. We're live at Swifties on Genesee Street. Utica Scoop is here. My name is Rain. Ben Burnell is here. But we're going to come right back with Ask Andy. We'll get the voice of the Comets, Andy Zilch, and beat reporter Don Leibel on the phone next. Here's Ask Andy with Don Leibel. Yeah, boy! Broadcasting live from Swifties on Genesee Street, this is Comets Insider with Rain and Scoop on ESPN Radio Utica, Rome. My man Scoop is down here tonight live at Swifties. So is Ben Burnell from the Observer Dispatch from the OD. I gotta tell you, nobody gets information before you do. I don't know how you do it, and that's no disrespect to our buddy Don Libel on the phone because he is unbelievable with some of the stuff that he digs up too. Uh, but uh, you guys are amazing. I guess I got to give it to both of you. I appreciate that. Thank you. How I you guys get the, how try. You, guys, you you have stuff out online before the comets <laughs> even know what's happening. I don't know if that's true, but seriously, thanks. before they say anything about it anyway. You yeah. got an in with Ryan Johnson. What's your deal, man? You know somebody. It's I'm a, just trying to work hard. You is, do work is hard. It's what a, I'm going for. Uh, you know, trying to put out stories that I think people are interested in. Uh, working hard trying to do this. So. Well, you've succeeded, believe me. That's Ben Burnell from the Observer Dispatch. Uh, we like it when you come down and join us here at Swifties. It's all brought to you by Bud Light and Slocum Dixon Medical Group. On the phone right now, we have the voice of the Utica Comets, Andy Zilch. Of course, broadcast the games over on Brother Station K-Rock. And we have Don Libel, beat reporter for the Comets. Three questions. Go ahead, Don. Hey, good evening, Andy. You, you, you know, much was talked about, and probably will still be talked about, the the recent seven games in 11 days. Um, my, my question is that when the league puts together their schedule, um, knowing that, you know what a grind that can be, why do they do that when they simply don't have to do that? Well, it. it they don't, but they do at the same time. It's, uh, there are going to be courses where that's going to happen, and that's actually the second time this year that that's happened. It's just kind of unfortunate because that's the part of the season, like now we're seeing the three and threes occur, because during this time span is where teams have their home run attendance games or what they think will be their home run attendance games, like Belleville having that Monday afternoon game. And that was a pretty well-attended game. So, of course, they want that. they got to play somebody. Unfortunately, it was us. And when you look at that one, then you got our string of games. You know, we, we love Fridays. We love Wednesdays. We love Saturdays. And, unfortunately, we got hammered with all three of them in one week. And then on top of that, you had the Wolfbury game, which they thrive on Saturdays. And... It, it's just the way of the world, and uh, you know, in, in here, you, like you got Hershey coming up, and now teams are going to want Sunday games no matter what. So we're going to have a lot of Sunday contests on the road because that's the wheelhouse of other teams. Yeah, and, and that, 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 I was going to add my my second part to that. So after you come off seven games in eleven days, then you're going to go six days off or, or so, and, and you're going to have three more games in, in a row. That you know, I, I mean, you could keep compounding the numbers ten games, seventeen days, or could keep going and going. But um, again, I guess you answered that pretty well. That now we're going to have three this weekend. You know, um, fortunately, two are home, one on the road. But um, that just seems like such a what hockey being so physically demanding uh, of a sport that. It just seems, I mean, nobody else could do that. Uh, uh, I mean, you couldn't see that in football, I should say. 
that to come back with three games again this weekend is just, you know, I understand now what you say that we should do, that, that that's why, why it's done, but amazing that after coming off 7 and 11, now we're going to go to three in a row again. That's, that's amazing. Yeah, no, it definitely tests the guys' endurance, that's for sure, and hopefully they're ready, and, and they are. They, you know, they're ready for three and threes now, and, you know, over the past four years of me being in the AHL, when it gets to be this time, guys are ready for it. You know, they're, they're very thoroughly conditioned, and, uh, you know, it is still a test uh, on their bodies, but after going through what they just went through, it's certainly uh, something that they're up to the challenge for, and, uh, I do recall, you know, it just doesn't happen here in the AHL either. It happened in the NHL. I remember Vancouver had a stretch. It was either before or after Christmas. You'd have to forgive uh, my knowledge on it. But they had a game every other day for two straight weeks. Wow. That's amazing. Yeah. Uh, and, and nothing along the lines of all these games um, – the transactions, uh, I think it's approaching 100 or slightly over 100. Um, and, and we all know it's part of the AHL experience, uh, uh, people coming and going and whatnot. But with seven weeks left in the season, and that's still an eternity, is there precedence that you know over the, or you experienced where a club has this many plus, who knows what's coming down the next seven weeks of, of, of transactions, and is playoff bound. I mean, the way the team is going now, it's just amazing how they're adapting and, and looking good and whatnot. That is, is there a precedence of a team like this that's had that many movements and still in contention? I've never seen it, and I've asked around when, when we got to be the end of January, middle of January. I started popping the question to a lot of different people, and nobody's ever seen anything like that in general. If, I, I don't know the number of man games missed, and uh, you know only the athletic trainer and Vancouver's training staff only really truly knows that. But it's got to be north of 250 games at this point. You know when you when you factor in the absence of Banks, Mackin, and Laplante, Woods right off the bat, you already got four guys that have missed north of 40 games almost. So. That already right there is just a telling stat of, of how this team has come together and, and has became one to try to get to the ultimate goal. And it's going to be tested again here, you know, especially if Darren Archibald not coming back. Yeah, well, it's, you know, it's history being in the making, as we say, uh, and coming up this weekend. But it really has been a unique season. So well, have yourself a good night, Andy. Yeah, thank you, Don. Uh, for everybody, Don, stay on the line for one second. Uh, Comets Tales, um, by the way, a new article released today on the website, UticaComets.com, about the Lilly brothers, Alex and Randy. I just want to say, if I know not everybody that's a fan has been able to get down into the bowels of the Adirondack Bank Center and meet those it's guys. A great piece, great piece. They're, it's a fantastic piece, and those guys are, are fantastic. Andy, are you still on the line? To hang out with. Oh, yeah. Are yeah. you still there? Andy, I wanted to just get your takeaway from all the moves and transactions today with the trade deadline. Obviously, we know now Darren Archibald is not coming back here. Philip Holm is gone. What stands out to you, and what are the big takeaways to your eyes? Uh, uh, actually, first I want to go back to Don's article real quick. Just, uh, that was a good article, and, and those two gentlemen are amazing guys. They're hard workers, and they're fun to be around. So I just wanted to say that real quick. Uh, Absolutely. But, uh, the, the, the transaction, uh, 
it's kind of tough. It's a tough goal for us Thomas fans to swallow. And everybody loves Darren Archibald. Uh, Phil Coleman was the quarterback of our top power play. So those are two massive pieces that are now gone from the Comets team. But when you look at Vancouver, uh, you know, you, you don't want to lose Darren Archibald. That's plain and simple. Like they, That's why they didn't want to put him through waivers. They had a feeling that if they put him through waivers, he was going to get claimed by somebody. So He definitely was, him, Andy. I'd rather see him in a Canucks jersey than a Tampa Bay jersey. So, uh, well, you know, that er- everybody and else then, got a ranger, buddy. <laughs> yeah. Everybody so, else uh, got a ranger, it seems like. <laughs> you got a ranger, you got a ranger, you got a ranger. It was like Oprah was yeah. just dishing out rangers everywhere. That's what I felt I like know. today. My team got gutted. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah. I had to say that. But, uh, <laughs> but you know, and then to, to go with Philip Foam, uh, you know, I was saying this all this year. Like, who knows what he's going to do next year? You know, he might go back to the Swedish League. You, you don't know what's going through his mind, what he feels comfortable with. If he feels comfortable enough to be here in North America, that he feels as if he's going to get an NHL shot, he'll stay. The Canucks wanted to go with the future, and uh, that's Leipzig right now. So I understand that trade for the Canucks' perspective. It just, again, it just sucks. You know, it's tough to be on that end of it. Well, they wanted their Derek Dorsett, and they got their Derek Dorsett. We were talking about that before we jumped on the air tonight. You want a big physical guy that can throw down, takes the body, and can obviously, based on the shorty last night, that can score a goal when need be, too. Darren Archibald's your guy. Thank yep. you, Andy. No, he is. Yeah. All right, Andy. We'll catch up with you real soon. Appreciate you joining us tonight. Let's. I think we probably got to uh, jump into a break. We'll be back in just a second. Scoop is here. Ben Burnell's here from the OD. My name is Rain. This is Comments Insider on ESPN Utica Rome. We're live down at Swifties. Broadcasting live from Swifties on Genesee Street, this is Comets Insider with Rain and Scoop on ESPN Radio Utica Rome. Brought to you by Slocum Dixon Medical Group and Bud Light Dilly Dilly, live from Swifties on Genesee Street. You know, you're coming down to the game with Belleville on Friday night. You pop in here, you take the shuttle to and from the game, you have yourself a good burger, some great food, all these beers on draft here on tap. Fantastic stuff. Uh, thank you to Don Leibel of Comets Tales and Andy Zilch, your play-by-play voice of the Utica Comets, for joining us. And Griffin Molino, who, uh, Molino, who joined us earlier. All this podcasted, in case you missed any of it, it will be up online later. As well as our conversation yesterday with Mike Aruzioni of the 1980 U.S. Miracle on Ice Olympic hockey team, which was a thrill for all involved. You're bragging. <laughs> now you're bragging. You're just bragging. Yeah, that didn't suck. That was unbelievable. Scoop and I got hockey fan verklempt or something like that afterwards. You're like, never in my life did I think we would get a chance to talk to Mike Ruzioni, and he was unbelievable. I mean, he talked to us for, what, 25 minutes, something like that? Well, yeah, and I was, I was, you know, you wonder if all that stuff you heard about Herb Brooks was true. You it know, was. What a it was. hard ass he was. He was. You know? Uh, so it was great to get, you know, sort of his window into that. Easiest way to find it or to find Comets Insider at ESPN. You are, we put it in our personal accounts, but it's all right there. Also, make sure you follow Ben at OD underscore Burnell. Uh, if you want the latest, if you're a Twitter person, you want the latest. If you want to know it before anybody else knows it. <laughs> 
You follow Ben Burnell. It's ridiculous. I appreciate that, guys. He if, knows what he... If for no other reason, follow me because the D and the B look like a smiley face. <laughs> no, because you know what Griffin <laughs> Molino... You know what Griffin Molino's doing tonight. Trust me. He knew the answer to that question. He doesn't know what he's doing tonight, but Ben Burnell knows what Griffin Molino's <laughs> doing Why would doing I know tonight. what Griffin Molino's up to? I, I think he's going to have pizza. I think he's going to take his dog for a walk at 9.07, and then... <laughs> I'm telling you, it's uh, a, I'm teasing you. Okay. Does so going fit the training plan. I'm we were kind of talking about this off the air, but going back to what Andy was saying about the injuries and the number of man games, yeah. the last I counted, I, I think I put it in the article that I wrote about uh, Trent and how things, how he was doing well this season. I think the number is over 300 man games, which I don't know what it is for other teams, but that number, 300, I mean, you get up to 200 and you're already like, well, that's a lot. You get up to three and you're like, there's no other team that, that has that many. I mean, it's Not 20 even. guys who have combined to miss more than 300 games. And that's, I mean, the things that they've been able to do with having so many key guys out, you know, because of injuries or because of call-ups is, you know, and, and they're, they're in third place and 18 points up on Laval. I mean, I think I was talking to Ryan Johnson and he said, you know, it easily could have gone the other way. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. This could have been a nightmare season. So your thought too, Ben, with some of the guys being rela- released from their PTOs today and some of the moves is that somebody's coming down. I think someone's probably coming back from injury is, is what my kind of take on it is. I mean, you know, eventually you'll get uh, Nikolai Goldobin back. You'll get Tyler Mott down. I think Carter's got to be close, too. Yeah. yeah. I, I think uh, you Carter know, Banks it, has got to be close to returning. You know, I, I saw him probably a week and a half ago. Uh, seemed to be getting close anyway. It wasn't, you know, it, it was. it's a better than what I saw him a couple weeks ago when he was still on crutches. So These six days off are going to give this team a chance to rest. It's the longest break they're going to have for a while because they've got three three-and-threes with two road games in each of those three-and-threes coming up in March. So a lot of travel, uh, but they need, they need to catch their breath, not just physically. You know, a few days off and the legs will come back for these guys. They're elite athletes. It's the mental. They, you know what I mean? But I would expect you're going to see a very focused team on Friday, a re-energized team on Friday. I don't know if you would agree with me, but what do you see? It, it's a grind. And like I said earlier, kind of with, with Trent Cole, and he said, you know, these guys are giving us what they can, and they've given it all. It, it's it's tough when you're playing seven games in 11 days, and, you know, you, you make one mistake, and, you know, sometimes that gets magnified, and then, you know, suddenly you're – on the losing end. Let me throw you a question quick about uh, hockey, but not the Comets. Team USA and those ladies and that gold medal. And you're a hockey fan. How awesome was that? I would have loved to have seen it end in overtime. But it was awesome to see him win. Can we talk about that goal that uh, Jocelyn Lam- Lamoureux scored? I mean... I would love to be able to do even something half as good as that. And that's the thing. The skill level of the ladies yeah. now, its the game has grown so much from literally 20 years ago in 98 when Team USA won the first gold. Uh, Tony Granato's. I find it fascinating that Tony Granato's sister was on that team, Cami Granato, and then here he is coaching the men 20 years later. Maybe it was having that Granato mojo in South Korea help them. I don't know what it was, but you got to wonder. Weird things like that happen. And then here they are after 16 years and four medals for Team Canada. Team USA wins it again. I tweeted this too, but it, the next time someone says, let's take women's hockey out of the Olympics, no. tell them that we stayed up until 2.30 in the morning on the East Coast 
to watch an incredible hockey game between yes. USA and Canada because I, I don't know if you're going to see another you know great game as you know as much as that was. I watched it. Why would anybody want to take that out of the Olympics? I have no idea. Goodness I watched gracious. it too. Like my wife and I both watched, and we're like, "This is incredible." She, uh, Maddie Rooney, made that save at two thirteen in the morning, and the I think it was about two forty when they awarded the medals. I I stayed up. I stayed up and watched the entire thing, and it was all I had the chills, man. It was an amazing thing to see. You know where Maddie Rooney's from? Minnesota. Minnesota. She is a Minnesota girl. There are a lot of Minnesota players on that team. 20 years old. A lot of Minnesota players on that 1980 U.S. men's hockey team. Neil Broughton was one of them, too. Didn't he play in Minnesota for the Stars as well? Yep. Wow, yeah. Everything that you heard about Herb Brooks, though, was true, according to Mike Ruzioni. Coached at St. Cloud State, too, where I went to school, and they named the building after him. Uh, Yeah, they named uh, the building in Lake Placid is named after him. He coached the Rangers. He coached the Utica Devils. He was here for a little while. And the the best part was after the gold medal, they won it. All the teams celebrating. Scoop, what did Herb Brooks say to the team? Oh, he didn't say anything. <laughs> <laughs> he let him say. He, he didn't say good job. He, he just let him celebrate. He didn't even say congratulations. Ruzzi only said he didn't even say good game. Can you imagine? <laughs> I I don't know what I would. What have a hard ass. Love would, that. Love that. I'd have lost my mind. Comets face off on the telly. Lucas Frank, Landy Zilch, WPNY, eight thirty p.m. every Thursday. Podcast on iTunes, Google Play, ESPNUR.com, and SoundCloud. This is Comments Insider live from Swifties with. Bud Light, of course, and Slocum Dixon helping us out. Take it away, Scoop. Go Comets! ESPN Utica Rome.